Chapter 11 of Charlotte Temple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Charlotte Temple by Susanna Rosen. Chapter 11 Conflict of Love and Duty. Almost a week was now gone, and Charlotte continued every evening to meet Montreville and, in her heart, every meeting was resolved to be the last. But alas, when Montreville at parting would earnestly entreat one more interview, that treacherous heart betrayed her, and forgetful of its resolution, pleaded the cause of the enemy so powerfully that Charlotte was unable to resist. Another and another meeting succeeded, and so well did Montreville improve each opportunity that the heedless girl at length confessed no idea could be so painful to her as that of never seeing him again. "'Then we will never be parted,' said he. "'Ah, Montreville,' replied Charlotte, forcing a smile, "'how can it be avoided? My parents would never consent to our union, and even could they be brought to approve it, how should I bear to be separated from my kind, my beloved mother?' "'Then you love your parents more than you do me, Charlotte?' "'I hope I do,' said she, blushing and looking down. "'I hope my affection for them will ever keep me from infringing the laws of my filial duty.' "'Well, Charlotte,' said Montreville gravely, and letting go her hand, "'since that is the case, I find I have deceived myself with fallacious hopes. I had flattered my fond heart.' that I was dearer to Charlotte than anything in the world beside. I thought that you would, for my sake, have braved the dangers of the ocean, that you would, by your affection and smiles, have softened the hardships of war, and, had it been my fate to fall, that your tenderness would cheer the hour of death and smooth my passage to another world. But farewell, Charlotte. I see you never loved me. I shall now welcome the friendly ball that deprives me of the sense of my misery. Oh, stay, unkind Montreville, cried she, catching hold of his arm as he pretended to leave her. Stay, and to calm your fears, I will here protest that it was not for the fear of giving pain to the best of parents and returning their kindness with ingratitude. I would follow you through every danger, and, in studying to promote your happiness, ensure my own. But I cannot break my mother's heart, Montreville. I must not bring the grey hairs of my doting grandfather with sorrow to the grave, or make my beloved father perhaps curse the hour that gave me birth. She covered her face with her hands and burst into tears. All these distressing scenes, my dear Charlotte, cried Montreville, are merely the chimeras of a disturbed fancy. Your parents might perhaps grieve at first, but when they heard from your own hand that you was with a man of honor, and that it was to ensure your felicity by a union with him, to which you feared they would never have given their assent, that you left their protection, they will, be assured, forgive an error which love alone occasioned, and when we return from America, receive you with open arms and tears of joy. Belcour and Mademoiselle heard this last speech, 
and conceiving it a proper time to throw in their advice and persuasions, approached Charlotte, and so well seconded the entreaties of Montreville that finding Mademoiselle intended going with Balcour, and, feeling her own treacherous heart, too much inclined to accompany them, the hapless Charlotte, in an evil hour, consented that the next evening they should bring a chaise to the end of the town, and that she would leave her friends and throw herself entirely on the protection of Montreville. But should you, said she, looking earnestly at him, her eyes full of tears, should you, forgetful of your promises, and repenting the engagements you here voluntarily enter into, forsake and leave me on a foreign shore. Judge not so meanly of me, said he. The moment we reach our place of destination, Hymen shall sanctify our love, and when I shall forget your goodness, may heaven forget me. Ah, said Charlotte, leaning on Mademoiselle's arm as they walked up the garden together, I have forgot all that I ought to have remembered in consenting to this intended elopement. You are a strange girl, said Mademoiselle. You never know your own mind two minutes at a time. Just now you declare Montreville's happiness was what you prize most in the world, and now I suppose you repent having ensured that happiness by agreeing to accompany him abroad. Indeed, I do repent, replied Charlotte, from my soul. But while discretion points out the impropriety of my conduct, inclination urges me on to ruin. Ruin, fiddlestick, said Mademoiselle. Am I not going with you? And do I feel any of these qualms? You do not renounce a tender father and mother, said Charlotte. But I hazard my dear reputation, replied Mademoiselle bridling. True, replied Charlotte, but you do not feel what I do. She then bade her good night, but sleep was a stranger to her eyes, and the tear of anguish watered her pillow. End of chapter 11. Recording by Susan Burke, SueBurkeVoice.com.